This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest you're probably already uh, aware of by the amount of subscribers that he has on YouTube at the moment. I've got a gentleman who has a wonderful set of beard action going on. I'm very envious of that. I've got Randall, who is the host of Crypto Love, the show, the YouTube channel, and it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate. Thanks for your time. Boom, shakalaka. What's going on, man? There it is. That was the, uh, the catch cry of crypto love now i want to talk about a lot of stuff with you because you're an interesting dude um i mean let's let's start from the very beginning you were a uh, uh emergency veterinarian right so tell me what does that mean like are you like in the er section of a vet hospital is that really what it is yeah i was working in 24-hour hospitals so i worked night shifts basically from uh four in the afternoon until about seven in the morning and uh yeah, just work overnight. Get to sleep if you're not working, but uh, a lot of times you're pretty busy. A lot of accidents, hit by cars, gunshots, uh, turned stomachs, all types of stuff you see. Wow. Now, I know to be like, I've got two daughters. One's four and one's seven, or seven in August, I should say, so she's actually six. Um, and both of them right now want to be veterinarians. So I'll, I'll tell them that I've spoken with a real life one today. Now, from there, you went into, I mean, just for a, um, you know, an obvious uh, career shift. You went on to NASA. Now you were a satellite programmer for NASA. Come on, what, what does that mean? Yeah, that was actually my first job out of school. So that was before being a vet. But ah. uh, yeah, I when I was in undergrad, I studied physics and philosophy. And in physics, we had to learn computer programming. I worked doing my senior research with a professor in quantum mechanics and. He was very old school from MIT. He only uh, knew one really old programming language, Fortran 77. So I had to learn that. And being the first, being the only person graduating knowing Fortran 77, NASA needed someone who knew the uh, the programming code they put on those satellites when they launched them. So that was me. So you became very valuable very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well done. How long were you there for at NASA? I mean NASA. <laughs> yeah, uh, six months. It was terrible. Oh, really? You worked to the ground? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, in a basement with a bunch of old fat men who hated their lives, and I didn't want that for myself. No, I, I, uh, I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Progress. So, 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 okay, so we've basically established that uh, you, you're quite a clever fellow. Okay, now I can see how somebody with uh, your level of intellect and the coding side of it and, and the programming and all that sort of stuff can come into crypto. But do you want to just tell us how you did and when you did and what really attracted to you to the crypto asset space? Yeah, so I got into crypto in the beginning of 2017. It was a recommendation of a friend who uh, he's like, uh, he's a pickup artist. And uh, he said back in the day, he's or beginning of 2017, he said, if you have one Bitcoin, you'll be set for life. And I 
thought, well, that that sounds pretty good. I'll at least do some more research. Started looking into Bitcoin, finding out a bit more about it. And basically, as soon as I did the research, I was hooked. I've never met anyone who actually sat down and did research into Bitcoin and cryptos and wasn't hooked. So that was basically how I got into it. And then uh, I think it was sometime around August of 2017, there was the Bitcoin Bcash hard fork. And I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know if I was going to lose my Bitcoin. I had no idea what was going on. So I started doing research. I watched some YouTube channels and uh, found this guy Crypto Daily, who I thought was pretty funny. And I was like, I'll give that a try. And then that's where the channel came from. Wow. And you've grown significantly since then. I mean, look, I, I very similar story to mine in actual fact. I mean, I, I was introduced to Bitcoin in 2013, but I'm a trader by trader. I've been trading for 13 years, so I didn't, I didn't see there being any volume back then. But I, got, I started buying it in July of 2017 and heavily trading it in sort of September onwards, which was wonderful, right? Because it was just a great market. It was fantastic. And then on the way back down, it's been really good too. If, you know, if you're trading with leverage on the downside going short, it's been fantastic. So, I mean, what's your real interest in the space? Obviously, you, you talk about a lot of different subjects. You talk to a lot of different projects. But what for you is where you spend your time outside of the content? Is it trading? Is it research? Is it building products? I mean, where do you spend your time? Well, right now, it's mostly just uh, making, making videos, so doing the research for the videos, reading news articles, stuff like that. In terms of my interests, I really like uh, the disruptive nature of blockchain technology, how it is. Uh, it's a protocol, kind of like the internet is. It's not something that we can really control where it's going to go. And I love that the governments try and, you know, control it, even though they won't be able to. And really it's, in my opinion, is going to set a new precedent for money, just because, you know, money always wants to be the easiest form of money as possible. Back in the day we had puka shells or whatever they were called, but they're difficult to transport. And even gold is difficult to transport. So we had paper, we have, you know, ones and zeros on the internet. Well, Bitcoin seems to be one of the easiest forms of money now. Yeah. And uh, I think once more places start accepting it as taxes, then it'll be something that'll be around to stay. So you're a, you're a Bitcoin maximalist, would you say, or, or you're open across most projects provided <laughs> there's something good to do with them? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to call myself a Bitcoin maximalist, but uh, I do really believe in Bitcoin quite a bit. Uh, I think that all coins are great. My personal way that I've been doing it is holding Bitcoin and trading all coins. Yeah. Uh, just because back, I think in November of 2017, I saw an article on Cointelegraph. It was referencing something by Willie Wu, um, who basically had a graph, a logarithmic graph of Bitcoin versus altcoins in days since launch. And the only one going up was Bitcoin. All the altcoins were trending downwards. And after I saw that, I was like, you know what? Forget it. Not worth holding altcoins. I'll just hold Bitcoin and then trade altcoins. Well, that's what we see. But we've started to, I've been sort of speaking about this quite a bit lately. Um, you know, one of the frustrations being a trader that uh, I'm used to being able to tra trade anything long or short, right, in traditional markets. And I've spent, you know, the last 18 months or so pretty much exclusively in crypto. And the reason being is that I like to trade less but make more, uh, less accounting, less reporting, less shit to deal with makes it a lot easier. Uh, and this market does give some phenomenal moves, you know what I mean? Like it's just an epic market to work with. But, you know, what I've seen again lately, and when we saw the 2017 run, you know, you, you couldn't, I'm a trend follower. Right? I trade a trend. That's all I do. I stick with, with following trends. So all altcoins against Bitcoin are going, 
down, as you said. Now, I've watched that recently. Now, during the start of this year, uh, for quite a while, when Bitcoin was sort of in a bit of a range, uh, it was about trading alts in an uptrend for sats. You know, basically, let's go for over here, like you say, trying to build my Bitcoin stash larger, uh, which is primarily what I do. I'll also trade uh, for dollars and whatnot as well. I, I don't mind what, whatever the chart is, I'll trade it. Now, what I'm starting to see is that correlation once again uh, with Bitcoin uh, holding its value at the moment uh, to a certain extent. You know, it, it, as it's been going up, the rest of the top 10 has been for the most part going down. And if I go through each day, I do a scan of my, you know, look at the top 10, then I do all my margin pairs, then I do the top 150. Nearly every single chart in that 150 now is moving lower, which means that Bitcoin is outperforming pretty much every alt that you can actually get some volume on. It's starting to correlate very similarly to what we saw back in 2017 when that run started to occur. Now, inside of that top 10, much of that top 10 is in a downtrend right now, okay, against the dollar. So a stable currency against a very volatile one, right? Uh, much of it is in a downtrend with Bitcoin holding its ground. Question, do you think that Bitcoin is going to be the leader and drive higher, or do you think that Bitcoin is going to be weighed down by other things within the top 10 and the other things in the top 10 are already heading lower and Bitcoin will go there? Because the Bitcoin dominance is now at 55%. Last week it was 53. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Bitcoin dominance keeps rising. I think people have more faith in it, particularly as all coins aren't performing. I did see an article yesterday by Binance how they were saying that out of all of the, it was the top seven cryptos, Ripple is the least correlated out of all of the, uh, the cryptos out there because the, um, you know, Bitcoin and different ones will have other cryptos that move relatively well along with them. Mm. But um, I still think that Bitcoin is a big driver for the market because it, oh, yeah. almost everybody got into cryptocurrencies because they heard about Bitcoin. Um, a few people, they may have heard about Ethereum or Ripple or something like that. But for the most part, people get in because of Bitcoin. And even though there's a lot of trading pairs where you can, you can even enter the market, you can just buy Ripple if you want to, or you can buy Litecoin if you want to um, using various exchanges. I still think most people know that Bitcoin is the big dominant one. And until something changes that, I think Bitcoin is definitely going to be the driver. I agree. And, and I think one of the things, you know, I've, I've, again, to, to a lot of people I've been sort of saying recently that, you know, for me, that's okay. Uh, you know, Bitcoin going up and everything else going down, that's okay. And the reason that that's okay is because you're not going to see uh, on the headlines of the paper and on the news channels saying something like, you know, IOTA is up 150% or 20% this week. No, no one cares. Uh, you will see the news on the FT, the Financial Times, which will say uh, Jaguar partnering and using IOTA. You, you'll read that, but you'll read the Jaguar side of it, not the IOTA side, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas Bitcoin, that is the darling of the world in this space. Everybody knows what Bitcoin is because of 2017. Not everyone bought Bitcoin, mind you. And many of the people that were made aware of Bitcoin and didn't buy, well, guess what? Next time they start ringing the bell when we go above, say, 10,000 as that round number, they're going to sit back and go, oh, that thing's not dead. Hmm. Maybe I'll get in now. And that will probably be maybe the, an older generation, maybe with a few more uh, bananas to spend because they've sat back, they're more measured, they've looked into this, they've read about blockchain, they've read about Bitcoin, they've read about these new things that are coming and therefore... They'll enter that market, driving that price up and hopefully adoption with it. So I'm really happy to see Bitcoin perform well, uh, mainly because I do hold Bitcoin uh, and trade with it back into Bitcoin for the most part. 
but also because you know we need that microphone back we, we need we need i don't know if we need the mega spotlight and the massive boom up like we had we probably will get that inevitably uh, i'd rather see a nice gradual uh, progression this time so it's much more tradable but uh, i think it's really important that we have that so what are some of the things at the moment in this space that are really exciting from your point of view what what do you think is going to be beneficial for our space moving forward any projects anything uh, coming out that you think is really going to help us to i guess take another step in the right direction yeah i think the uh, the shakeout was very important uh yeah. basically getting rid of all the people who are just in it for the money and I think a lot of people still are in, are in it for the money. I'll be honest, that's a lot of the reason why I'm in cryptocurrency because I do see potential there for making money. Mm. But getting, ri- getting rid of a lot of the scams, a lot of all that stuff, so that was very important. I think um, definitely something along the lines of second layer solutions like Lightning Network, different stuff like that is going to be helpful because then we'll have you know, the things that people have been saying Bitcoin couldn't do for years. Now you can have instantaneous, almost zero fee transactions with Bitcoin. That'll be very good. And then also just um, really good user-friendly experiences. There are yeah. very few, there are very few projects out there. Like even just a Bitcoin wallet, it's hard to get one that's just simple, easy. My grandmother could use it. Mm. Um, I think one of the first projects actually that does have a pretty decent user experience is the brave browser and basic attention token. I agree. I mean, I use that, I use that browser because it blocks ads, which I hate. Um, and if I choose to, I could get paid to watch the ads, but it just blocks them anyways. And it's a clean, simple browser. And plus you earn basic attention token just by using it. So I think that's kind of the first step in getting more adoption. And when we, when we see something like that used in social media or with like the V bucks or whatever, um, Eventually, when we see that used, then we'll be getting really huge, massive adoption. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Um, Brave, you know, the basic attention token, I agree. It's a really wonderful blend um, of taking care of what we don't like on the internet and uh, also what we do like on the internet. So it gets rid of the ads and it pays us. Win, mm-hmm. win, two thumbs up for one great application. More of those sorts of things, I think, are going to bring people in because people just don't understand this choice now. They're so plugged into Google and Facebook. They don't, they're not aware that right now Facebook takes your data and sells it, giving you nada. Uh, and there's other platforms out there at the moment which will allow you in. you use using your content and you get paid. Yay. As opposed and the to- worst part is Facebook takes all of your data and sells it for a whopping $12 a year. That's what your privacy is worth to them. Wow. That's, uh, that's, really, that's really frightening. <laughs> <laughs> so be careful on Facebook, boys and girls. Remember what you type. They're watching. They know what you're up to. So be careful and be nice to each other. That's what social media is for, isn't it? Not trolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that. <laughs> so Saltier looking, than the Dead Sea. Yeah, exactly. So looking at, um, at where we are right now with with bitcoin um, i want to touch on price and then jump into a bit of bitfinex i know you recently covered a bit about that and i'd be interested in your uh, in your perspective because uh, i know a lot of people in my group and myself included uh, i use bitfinex because it's got some great margin trading options but first of all we've got bitcoin hovering hovering and holding i would say where are we now oh that's the bitfinex chart so it's not telling me the right price but we're sitting about flat and we have done for a couple of days now you know, for any good move, often it requires very little um, volatility leading up to that in the form of a breakout either way. 
What are your thoughts around what direction we may move next? Because I know a lot of people are still saying, suggesting that we'll go down to 3,200 or, or, or 3,500. Um, I'm not so sure just because I don't, I'm not sure either way. Uh, what are your thoughts around that? Do you think we have to have another big sell-off before we get the, uh, the move back to the upside and a bit of clarity there? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, first to begin with, I'm not an expert, not a technical analyst, nothing like that. I just do this as a hobby, but I do think that, Right now, in the short term, it does look like we could potentially be going downwards in terms of price. There's a few things that are leading up to that. One is uh, we just recently had an episode that was very similar to something that happened in 2015, where Bitcoin price was rejected by the 50 weekly MA. Yep. And that happened at exactly the same time as the gold cross, the golden cross. And when that happened in 2015, price went back down, sank to the 61.8 Fibonacci levels which at this point would put us somewhere around $4,4200. So that happened that was very similar. Also, Tether just printed, I think it was half a billion dollars of Tether. And looking back at pretty much the past five times that Tether's printed, every time they print, price drops pretty significantly. So there's another thing that we may be going down. Uh, Some people think we're in like a, a... LA wave pattern. So we still have the the last downward wave of this to go. Uh, There's also some other things. I think general sentiment was getting way too positive. And that for me was saying, yeah, the price is probably going down. Uh, So all of those things, I think, yeah, price potentially could go down. The good news is I don't think it's going to go down too far. And even if it does go down, I mean, people are crazy about price all the time, but I honestly don't care because I just trade the MACD and that works really well. I mean, even though it's a lagging indicator, it still works really well for preventing big losses in terms of uh, when the when the price drops. Um, but I think the 200 weekly moving average, which Bitcoin has never broken down below on the bottom, uh, that's somewhere in the mid 3000s right now. And so it would be extremely unlikely for Bitcoin to actually break below that. Um, I would think somewhere maybe in the low 4,000s could be where we are, but there's, there's no way to say there's a lot of manipulation in the market and who knows? I mean, if somebody, I mean, if a person just market buys $50 million of Bitcoin, the price is going to go up another, who knows how much. Probably a thousand bucks out in the books really are. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> Depending yeah. on the platform they use. Exactly. So, okay. Oh, well, that's interesting because it, it brings me a fundamental uh, viewpoint a little bit. I, I'm not a fundamental guy. I, I don't claim to be. I'm, you know, I, I'm the guy who reads the markets and trades. I've, I've been, that's, that's what I'm good at. I just you know, stick to what I'm good at. Not good at growing hair, good at trading. Stick to good, good at trading side of things. And it works for me, man. Like, I'm cool with that. It, it, it's really good. It's good to get that, uh, that other viewpoint as well. And rolling back, two things you said. Well, one thing and then on to the second point, which I want to make the last point, is really... If Tether prints $500 million worth of Tether, why is it bad? Like, I'm trying to, logically, I'm trying to work out, okay, so money was made, right? And, uh, you know, there are question marks around bit for next, which we'll get into in just a second. Um, but wouldn't that, like, it's like a, it, it, it's a $500 million liquidity event within a marketplace. Now, are they just going to leave that there or are they expecting more people to need to use that tether or is that tether going to be put into Bitcoin to drive it up? Because there's two ways of looking at that, right? It's giving people more opportunity to use tether. Therefore, they leave Bitcoin coming to tether, Bitcoin falls or that tether gets used to drive the price of Bitcoin. There's two ways to that street, right? Yeah. I mean, 
technically it's not a bad thing. It's nothing different than what's, what the central banks do when they print money. I mean, in Tether, Tether right now is a central bank of cryptocurrency, but it's also giving a somewhat reliable peg yeah. to, uh, to trade Bitcoin against. That I think the problem is, or the problem that a lot of people say is that there's no backing to it. So like with Bitcoin, we know that it's there, even though it's not backed by something physical, it's backed by the proof Never. of work. Yeah. So we know that there was work put in to create a Bitcoin. So we know that there was some energy requirement and that there's a fixed supply of it. Whereas Tether, they print a lot of it. They claim that they're one-to-one backed by assets. For a while, they claim they were one-to-one backed by actual dollars, which they're not, backed by assets. Now, even that is questionable because in addition to printing half a billion the other day, they also use, I think, like 700 million to help bail out Bitfinex. Uh, So there's... There's a lot of shady stuff going on. I think that's the main problem, how there's no transparency. And, and, but you know what? It's not a big deal because it's a free marketplace and you see other stable coins out there. You see stuff like TrueUSD uh, coming and Gemini Dollar and a whole bunch of different options that people can choose. And you know, I personally have moved away from Tether just because all the stuff that they do scares me a little bit. Because it's a bit iffy, isn't it? It is, uh, especially after, especially after they, I mean, moved seven hundred million dollars of tether to bail out Bitfinex. That's a quarter of the market cap of tether. So now, instead of tether being worth a dollar, technically it's only worth seventy-five yeah. cents. So that to me is somewhat scary. So a while back, I just chose not to use tether. I mean, it's it's there's the thing with with. Um What's the old saying? Where there's smoke, there's often fire, right? So there's been a lot. The last, I mean, since I've been in this space, there's always been questions around the audit of Tether, about Bitfinex and Tether, and what are they doing, and this and that, and 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 is it manipulating the price? Now, look, I know there's some pretty solid conspiracy theorists out there. I mean, look, we are in the right market for some mad balls, right? There's some absolute nutcases out there. You and I have dealt with them in the comment section. <laughs> Probably will get right. tonight. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, but I have been looking a little bit recently within my network at some of the things that came out around Bitfinex. I yesterday said to my, um, members and whatnot, I said, look at this point, because the Bitfinex chart was flatlining on the 15 minute chart on Bitcoin. That ain't normal. So I went, okay, I'm flattening my trading account now. Anyway, I'm pulling 75% of my Bitcoin out of that account. And I'm going back into my cold storage because I'm like, I'll leave 25% there just in case all is well and all, you know, a good trade comes up. But I'm not comfortable right now. And I instructed that's what I was doing. They can do whatever they want. And eventually by the end of the day, I took the rest out. Uh, and I'm now sitting, I've got no trades ready to go right now. So I don't need to put anything in there. That was a concern for me. Uh, things were happening that weren't natural. Currently right now, I mean, Bitcoin is sitting at 54.69 on the Bitfinex chart. I know it's like 51.39 or something on Coinbase. And, 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 you know, the XBT contract is also around that price with $300 inflated. Whether there's an arbitrary opportunity there or not, but it's, there's been a lot of question marks around it. Now, the subpoena that the New York Attorney General, I think it was, um, put out there, and this is in the public domain, now shows that the last time Bitfinex had some question marks. They said, oh, no, everything's fine. Like the email that I got, everything's fine, everything's good. Now, I'm not speculating either or, but one of the things within that subpoena document was that they actually, there was communication saying, dude, we need $100 million by the end of the week. Uh, It can be USDT or it can be US dollars, but we need it because we can't move any dollars out. So whilst whilst they were saying, oh, all is fine, they were like a duck, you know, looking good on top, 
calm as anything and just paddling like hell underneath, which that's what you do in business, but not when you're deceitful. That's one of the things I don't like. If, if, if you're saying one thing that's not true, you've lost my trust forever. You know, this is a space where I've got options and look as much as it would suck not being able to use Bitfinex, my trading account, this, you know, you manage your risk as a trader. My biggest risk is if that account disappears. So I don't know. I don't feel all that comfortable with them, but right now they're kind of, and they also took away the, the, the order functions that I used to like as well. Mm-hmm. Well, right now they're kind of too big to fail. A lot of people don't think it's possible for them to go down, mm-hmm. but uh, what it reminds me very much of, and I'm sure it'll remind you of too, is BitConnect back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew they were a scam. Everybody knew they were a Ponzi scheme guaranteeing yeah. 1% returns per day or something like that. Mm-hmm but they just kept on going and more and more people hopped on board because they're like, Hey, I know this is a scam, but I can make a lot of money until you don't, until it crashes, you know, Ponzi scheme is great until it's not. And I think same thing that's going on with Tether and Bitfinex is great until it's not. And you know, everybody has to choose their own risk. I knew for me, my risk, I wasn't tolerant of that. There's a bunch of other options. I just figured I'd get out sooner than later. Very good point. Very good point indeed. Now, Randall, host of Crypto Love, where can we find more information about what you're doing? Obviously, tell us what your channel is. We, we probably have a cross-pollination of some uh, listeners. Uh, you're, you've got a much more valuable, um, large following on the visual side of things, but I want people that are listening to know where they can find more information about you. So please, let us all know. Sure. Just search Google for crypto love. Uh, you can find the YouTube channel. That's my primary source. I don't use social media that much. I'm not a big social media person. Um, the, the episodes do auto post on Twitter and I think maybe some of the other ones, but YouTube is the main place. Excellent. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. I, uh, I wish you all the best going forward and hopefully we can speak again in the future, mate. Cool. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, take it easy. Bye for now. Peace. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not TraderCobb or the audio presenter.